we want to say greetings to everyone thank you for being here today and uh, <coughs> we look forward to sharing with you the things that uh, the Lord have laid on our hearts to share so if you have your Bibles let's go to the fourth chapter of the book of Mark the fourth chapter of the book of Mark uh, this is one of the and we'll start reading at verse 30 I think uh, especially anytime we read anything about Jesus Christ uh, saying that the kingdom of God is like something we should pay uh, specific attention to that because the kingdom of God is what we're supposed to be operating in today and uh, so the kingdom of God is the way God does things in this earth that supersedes the rules of this earth again uh, Jesus Christ walking on water was the kingdom of God him being able to heal the sick and raise the dead was the kingdom of God in other words those things that defied uh, nature those things were the kingdom of God and so if we're going to be citizens of that kingdom then we need to understand how that kingdom operate and what activate uh, that that kingdom um, here in America there are a lot of people who come here from other countries uh, who are not allowed to operate as this as if they are citizens of this country because they do not have um, certain things in place they number one they weren't born here and uh, since they weren't born here then uh, they may not have applied for citizenship and so of course uh, we as believers we are born into the kingdom of God and uh, there ought to be some evidence of that uh, because of how we operate and how our lives are and so uh, we cannot live in in this world in and uh, operate in the kingdom of God if we are doing things that we were doing when we were out in the world in other words before we were citizens of the kingdom of God and so I think it's important that whenever we see something in the Bible what Jesus is saying uh, something is like the kingdom of God we should really pay close attention to it uh, because if we're not operating in the kingdom of God then that uh, like what we should then that means that uh, we're coming up short somewhere and so here we're going to look at a few things here the fourth chapter of the book of Mark and we're going to start reading at verse 30 it says and he said whereunto shall we liken the kingdom of God or with what comparison shall we compare it it is like a grain of mustard seed which when it is sown in the earth is less than all the seeds that be in the earth but when it is sown it groweth up and becometh greater than all herbs and shooteth out great branches so that the fowls of the air may lodge under the shadow of it uh, uh, in verse 33 and with many such parables spake he the word unto them as they were able to hear it isn't that something now and so my prayer is this morning that we will uh, that we will be able to hear it so here you have a seed 
And the Bible says that <coughs> Jesus Christ tells us that that uh, it, the kingdom of God is like a grain of mustard seed, which when it is sown in the earth is less than all the seeds that is in the earth. In other words, it starts off very, very small. Now, this is talking about, of course, another scripture. He tells us that the kingdom of God is within us. And so here he says that this kingdom of God that's within us, it starts off very, very, very small. In other words, the least. But when it is sown into the earth, um, it says that it is less than all the seeds of the, that be in the earth. But when it is sown, it groweth up and it becometh greater than all the herbs. And shooteth out great branches so that the fowls of the air may lodge under the shadow of it. So let's think about this. Oftentimes, uh, people start off in the kingdom of God with the kingdom of God on the inside of them. And they start off uh, small, just a little getting victories here and there. You know, they 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 have this faith. They say, well, you know, I heard that uh, I don't have to walk around with a headache. So I'm going to pray and ask the Lord to remove this headache. And they pray and ask the Lord to remove the headache and it leaves. And so th then they, they rejoice about that. But then as they continue to live somewhere along the lines, they get short-circuited. And, and so down the line, they try to pray a headache away and it don't leave. And then they go back to taking... Uh, headache medicine for the headache and they think well I guess that was just a one time thing maybe the Lord was just trying to show me that uh, I really am I really do belong to him and so then they just stop growing in that area altogether and they remain stagnant right there but here it says that that seed is the least of all seeds in the earth and when it is sown it basically grows to be a great tree so that branches great branches come out from it and it says that the fowls of the air lodge underneath it. Another scripture, this same uh, scripture passage says that the, the, the uh, fowls of the air, they sit on the branches. In other words, they use it. In other words, it benefits something outside of itself. Now, that's, that is where the kingdom of God is. It's one thing for you to get a headache and for you to pray your headache away. But then when you get to the point where you can't do that anymore, you have to stop and think, well, maybe that kingdom hasn't continued to grow in me and I'm using it for my own selfish gain. So as the kingdom of God, when it has grown to the place where God wanted to be, it, it's going to benefit others. The mustard seed don't eat its own branches. The mustard seed don't grow for itself. It doesn't benefit from itself for itself at all. It's for the it's for not only the fowls of the air, but it's also for human beings. We eat of that. And so anything that we do in the kingdom of God, it has to our mindset have to be on other people. The reason why some folks can't pray away their own headache is because they don't have enough love for other people to pray away theirs. And so by default, we short circuit ourselves. 
the quickest way i don't care how great a company is in this world if they are in the service of other people the quickest way they can go out of business is by bad customer service people don't care about being able to get a signal way out in timbuktu somewhere if they when they call your company your phone company and you got folks on there with an attitude that they don't they, they can't wait to get from under that contract bad customer service so where does bad customer service come from people what's the what's the origin of bad customer service people don't they don't care i'm just here just working a job and i don't like it i don't like getting up at 6 a.m so you're gonna get the sleepy me the me that stayed up to two o'clock in the morning acting like i didn't have to get up at six o'clock going to work so people are into themselves and people being into themselves and not service oriented and that listen brothers and sisters as believers we're all in the customer service business all of us but the quickest way to short circuit god moving on on our behalf is to not be a service oriented person and in this day we we know that that's more prevalent than anything else people hate to be inconvenienced people hate to be asked to do anything outside of what they had planned and then i can tell you you're gonna keep your headache i can tell you you'll get them once a month <laughs> as a reminder of what i've said today does everybody understand that now God always tried to wake his people up. If your Christian walk is different than what it was when you first started off, then something is wrong. If you're not getting closer to God, you're supposed to be growing. You graduate from headaches to cramps and from, from cramps to cancer, all those things. You're supposed to be growing. That seed, that seed on the inside of you is supposed to be growing. Notice where the seeds start off at. It is planted in the earth. It's sowed in the earth. Nobody can see it. Because the first thing the seed ain't is not concerned about is showing off. A seed that stay on top of the earth. In fact, let's go look at that real quick. Let's go to the 12th chapter of the book of John. And we're going to start reading at verse 24. So one of the biggest issues, brothers and sisters, <laughs> in, in Christianity is the lack, the people's lack of service and love for others. That's one of the biggest issues. Verse 24 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn, in other words, a grain of wheat fall into the ground and do what? And do what now? Die. It does what? Abideth how? Alone. So, what is this saying? The seed don't do any good on top of the earth. It doesn't do anybody any good unless it dies. 
So if it if it's on top of the earth, it has not died yet. It's it abides alone. It's not. It's selfish. It's it it ends up with what it started out with. Just a seed. Nothing comes from it. Nobody can benefit from it. It's it's, it's alive. But it's by itself. Not growing. It's not changing. When people eat mustard greens, they're not eating the seed. They're eating what sprouted out from it because it had enough sense to go in the ground and die. So let's think about that. What benefits you more? Let's think about a mustard seed. Any of you that ever planted mustard greens or any kind of greens, what would you rather eat, the seeds or the fruit of it? Isn't that the truth with anything that you plant in a garden? Why is that? Because all seeds pretty much going to taste alike. But when it's planted in the ground and it dies, listen, and that's the way the world is. They all taste alike. Selfish. But when it's planted in the ground and it dies and it sprouts up, you're going to get a whole lot more plus the seed that go with it for next year. That's the reason why we have so many stagnated Christians today. You're getting nowhere with your selfishness. Yeah, you get to be yourself, but that's the problem. You get to keep what you got, but that's the problem. Nobody's benefiting. The the file of air can't come in large under you. It don't dare eat you. But you provide no shade, no comfort, no nothing, no love. People need you and can't and can't count on you. You're by yourself. You're by yourself. Does everybody understand it now? So look what it says. Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth what? Much fruit. Here's the translation. Verse 25. He that loveth his life shall do what? Lose it. How they going to lose it? How, naturally so. If a bird uh, uh, see a stubborn grain of mustard seed on top of the ground, what is it going to do with it? It's going to eat it. <laughs> Look, it says, he that loveth his life shall do what? Lose it. And he that hateth his life in this world. Now, that's the question we need to ask ourselves. Do we hate our life? In this world, do we hate our how our life was before we were born again? And he that hated his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. Verse 26, if any man serve me, let him follow me. In other words, follow my example. And where I am there shall also my servant be if any man serve me him will my father do what honor but see the the mustard seed that don't want to die it wants honor of itself the problem is today's society don't find any honor in serving 
That's the problem. It's, this is not just a marital thing. This is not just a wife thing. It is a society thing. All of society is that way. So if you marry somebody that's in society, that's what you're going to get. <laughs> People don't just get that way after they get married and, and go to the, book of the fifth chapter of the book of Ephesians. They're that way before they get married. If you listen, sisters, if you're if you're not serving folks, if you don't have a mind to serve before you get married, that something ain't going to flip in your head to make you do it afterwards. You're supposed to be he that finds a wife. She's already a wife before she get married. She already know how to serve. It ain't going to love ain't going to make it click. Does everybody understand that now? Yeah, you're already that way. Yeah, and, and what happens, what the problem is, a lot of folks try to play catch-up after they get married. Let's, okay, now I'm going to do it. No, you're not. You're going to do it as long as you get in your way in something. As soon as you hear something you don't like or you get in a bad mood, then it's just all out the door. So society have an issue with service because in society's mind, there's no honor in serving. But the Bible says if we serve, if we learn how to serve, what does it say? My father will honor him. That Proverbs 31 woman, as, 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 as much as women try to grab a hold of that today. I'm a Proverbs, you see that on people's license plate and on their car and all of that. In their status, Proverbs 31. And ain't interested in matching up to that at all. Ask yourself this question, sisters. Are you the type of woman that you're so such a good woman that when you get married or if you're married, folks will bless your husband because of you? They will talk about how blessed he is. They will look at your children and say, geez, they're lucky to have a mother like you. They'll, they'll look at your husband and, and your husband will be have favor with other men because of how you are. Or is it the other way around? Huh, are your children saying, believing that they're blessed because they were born to you? That Proverbs 31 woman, she was a woman of service. She was a woman of service. She wasn't taking out time to go on vacation with her girlfriends. Her family was her ministry. And you may say, well, that's, I don't believe it's that way today. I, I don't, you know, I don't. If you go back and read Proverbs 31 and see who was responsible for that wisdom. It was the mother of the king that told him that. And, and stay away from the other type of woman. You look at that and see what he, what he says there. The wisdom that I received from my mother. The mother was telling him, this is the type of woman you're supposed to marry, son. Don't marry the diva. You ain't going to get nothing out of her. So this Proverbs 31 woman, she was a woman of service and she did not think it was beneath her. And so here we see part of the problem that's what's wrong in the church today. 
among God's people, not wanting to serve, thinking that serving is beneath them. That some kind of way, uh, they're, they're not elevated. And it comes from this mind of people wanting to promote themselves and elevate themselves instead of allowing God to honor them. I would rather God honor me because I know that honor is going to stick. If I let man honor me, they'll do me just like they did Michael Jackson. They'll worship me for 20 years and then tear me down the last 10 years of my life. God's honor <laughs> is above that. Because the whole thing is mankind ain't worshiping you when God honor you. They're just wondering, who, why are you that way? What can we do to get some of that? Let me just say this since we're here. Mature men, mature men would have would rather have a good woman, the prov the real Proverbs thirty one woman, than a vain, beautiful woman. Than a trophy somewhere. What does a trophy do for anybody? At some point it's gonna get dusty. You're gonna have to you gonna have to dust it off. It's a reminder of what some form of glory somewhere. Yeah, see, I, I got this when I was in the fifth grade. And, and you 60 years old now. <laughs> it ain't doing you no good. What are you doing now? Get out there and run now. <laughs> Does everybody understand? That man don't, he, uh, a grown, mature man can care less about a trophy. His substance is this, men speaking well of him because of the wife he chose, not praying for him to get through. <laughs> not, ooh, the Lord is testing you. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be strong after this <laughs> so does everybody see now the kingdom of God is based on service and when we're not service oriented then we short circuit the kingdom of God operating in our lives isn't that right let's go, let's go to the 17th chapter of the book of Matthew now And we're going to start reading at verse 14. It says, And when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son. For he is lunatic and sore vexed, for oftentimes he falleth into the fire and oft into the water. In other words, he was possessed. 
And I brought him to thy disciples, and they could not cure him. Here is one of the saddest statements in the Bible. A man telling Jesus Christ, I brought my son to your disciples, and he is bad off. He has a need that your disciples are supposed to be able to provide. But when I brought him to them, your disciples, they couldn't cure him. That's a sad statement. Is it a wonder now why true revival isn't going on today? Let's go and keep reading. Then Jesus answered and said, oh, faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. Isn't that something? He's talking to his disciples. Faithless and perverse. How long am I got to how long do I have to put up with you? Let's go and keep reading. And Jesus rebuked the devil and he departed out of him and the child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, why could not we cast him out? Now, why were they asking that? Because at some point. They could do that. They, they were casting out devils before then. They were healing the sick. In the 10th chapter of the book of Matthew, the Lord commissions them and send them out. And they're out there doing that. They're casting out devils. They're healing the sick. They're raising the dead. They're doing all of these things. They're cleansing the leper. And then they come across something that they could not overcome. Again, they were able to pray headaches away. But here come cancer. To reveal what's there. Let's go and keep reading. Verse 20. Let's look see how the Lord answered them. And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if ye have faith as what? A grain of mustard seed. Ye shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible to you. Do y'all believe that? Do y'all believe that? Faith as a grain of mustard seed. Jesus Christ said, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you can tell a mountain to move somewhere, and it will obey you. And he says, and nothing shall be impossible to you. So the question is, why is it that stuff is impossible to people? Why is it you can't ask God for what you will and get it? Why is it your prayers are not being answered? Not just for you, but just in general. No wonder why folks are in and out, in and out of Christianity, in and out. The day they encourage, tomorrow they're not. Because it looked like it's all a fluke. I prayed a headache away my first week in salvation, but not, not since then. The Bible says nothing shall be impossible to you if you have the faith as a grain of mustard seed. That means it is in the ground. It has died and it sprout up and it grows. 
into something that it did not look like before. Listen, and it is beneficial to other people. It's doing it for the benefit of other people not to show off. He said, when you take on this mindset, for real, you'll ask what you will and you'll receive it. Nothing will be impossible to you. And let me just use this as an example. There was a man of God who people believe, believed in, who lived before my generation. One of his members in his church had a big, big car, a big, I think, Oldsmobile. And you know, back then in the 60s, they, they were iron. They weren't plastic and fiberglass like we got today. And they had a little, little bitty house dog. And a woman went out there and backed up and she didn't see the house dog and she ran over that house dog and crushed it. Bones all misplaced. The dog bleeding out of his mouth is about to leave here. Her husband come home, sees it, and uh, said, well, let, let me take my 22 and just put it, because it was, you know, it was, man if you can imagine a little house dog under a, a, a three-ton vehicle like that. It, it, it was about to leave here. So the husband come home and said, let me uh, get my rifle and just put it out of his ministry, uh, uh, misery and shoot it. Let, let's kill it, just because it ain't no use in just letting it just die. You know it's going to die. And the woman said, no, where's, uh, where's Brother Branham? Said, uh, he, he's on a hunting trip. She said, well, let's wait until he get back. So they, they waited until he got back. They called him. He went over to the house, and he told the man, said, you going in there. I'll be in there in a, in a minute. He prayed for the dog. And, and five minutes later, he come into the house, the dog skipping behind him. Nothing shall be impossible to you. He believed that. And it wasn't just a dog that had happened to. It happened for another man. The man was, somebody smashed the man, ran into the man, smashed him up against his vehicle. His bones were protruding all over the place. He was bleeding out of his mouth. The doctors had strapped him down and told him, don't you move because if you budge, you're going to poke your lung and you're going to bleed out on the inside. We won't be able to do anything about it. Well, Brother Branham had a, had a vision about the man. He read in the newspaper that the man was all mangled up and, and barely holding on to life. He went up there, prayed for the man. Within five minutes, the man was getting up, putting his clothes on. The doctors were coming in trying to push him down and strap him back down to the bed. The man said, no, I'm healed. So we're, we're not talking about something that's minute. We're talking about bones being crushed and mashed inside of your body all over the place. And some kind of way, God's sticking his hands in there and putting it all back together. By prayer of somebody that believed this scripture, nothing shall be impossible to you. Another member of his church Bought a house, dug a well. When he tasted it, the, it was salt water. 
He called William Branham over there and said, taste this. We can't drink that. And he tasted this. Oh, no, no, you won't be able to drink that. That's salty. It tasted like it wasn't just a hint of salt. It tasted like salt. It was salt water. So he said, what are you going to do about it? The man said, well, I called you over here to pray over this well. And the man's telling the story. In the, now, William Branham's been dead since 1965. The man was in the 90s in 95 telling the story and he said we still drink out of that well <laughs> he was able listen to change the content of water <laughs> you know why because his faith was as a grain of mustard seed he was of service to others listen when people called on him he came uh, let me just give me a give me a, I'll be there next week. Wasn't none of that. I'm coming over there right now. He was of service to others. Everybody understand that now. That's first and foremost, brothers and sisters. And he wasn't telling these stories about himself. He other people were telling these stories. He wasn't doing it to bring glory to himself. Now you, let's think about this now. As, as much as you hear me talk about Brother Junior. You know, uh, I'd asked him when he started telling me these stories. I said, Brother Junior, so you ever thought about writing a book? He said, no. I said, would you mind if I write one about you? He said, yeah, I don't, I don't want you to write a book about me. I don't want you writing anything about me. I said, so what, do you mind if I just share, you know, uh, the things, let people listen? He said, no, I don't mind that. He said, if it'll help people, that's fine. He said, but I don't want you writing a book about me. He was an humble man. He didn't, he didn't want to bring glory to himself. People living right there in his own house didn't know about all the stuff the Lord was using him to do. Why? Because he wasn't out there trying to promote himself. And I'm telling you, that's one of the biggest issues in church today. People trying to promote themselves and can't pray a headache away. That kingdom of God is supposed to be operating in our lives. We're supposed to be living. Nothing is, shall be impossible to us. So the disciples asked, why couldn't we do this? Why couldn't we do it? And Jesus said, because of your unbelief. Here's the problem, brothers and sisters. A lot of times people relate unbelief to what's right in front of him. Okay, so he had a moon devil. Everybody understand that's what lunatic means. Means the, the, the time of day, the full moon makes your, makes your mood change. You know, y you can go in an uh, insane asylum today and people that work in those places, they'll tell you when it's a full moon, the devil is out full-fledged. The stuff you see on TV, some of that stuff is real. And I'm talking about spiritual. You think about how, <laughs> about werewolves. How they howl at the moon. Especially when it's a full moon. Uh, the, the, you know, the, the devil's real. And we're not going to even get into shape-shifting. Now here's the, so how many of you know that's the real thing? So here's the issue then. If the devil can change the anatomy of people <laughs> and, and take them away from 
what God had created them to be. Don't you think God can take what the devil have, 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 have formed, a body that's broken up, and, and make them back to what they're supposed to be? People have raised their hand all day about, yeah, I know werewolves are real. I know that folks really shapeshift. And then, can you pray off my headache? No, I'm not there yet. <laughs> There's something wrong when the devil's got more power in our lives. And we believe more in his power than we do God's power. So the pro- issue is, people, you know, he said, uh, they asked him, why couldn't we do this? Why couldn't we cast them out? Because, see, they were used to casting out devils. And Jesus said, because of your unbelief. And oftentimes, when, you know, we, we get to a place where uh, we, let's say, for instance, you have a headache, and you pray, you pray, and nothing, nothing happens. You know, then over time, you start, you start thinking, well, Okay, let me concentrate. Okay, headache be gone. Lord Jesus, help this headache leave. Okay, I know what the problem is. I got medicine in my cabin. Let me go throw that medicine away. Maybe that's what's blocking it. We're going to do everything surrounding the headache. But that's not the problem. Let's go look at the problem. The 18th chapter of the book of Matthew. Just one chapter over. We're going to talk and we're going to show you what area the unbelief was in. Is everybody there? The 18th chapter of the book of Matthew? Verse 1. At that same time came the disciples unto Jesus, saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Do you see what the problem is? And Jesus called a little child unto them and set him in the midst of them. Everybody see that now? Why are they even having this conversation? (laughs) Who cares about who the greatest is? They do. Which one of us is big bad dog? That's what they're saying. Who's the best among us? It couldn't have been me. I'd answer, you mean the the group of y'all that couldn't cast the devil out yesterday? Does everybody understand now? Isn't that something? The audacity of people. Couldn't cast the devil out yesterday and you, you still got the nerve to have a conversation about which one of y'all is the best. Not, not a one of yours. <laughs> if the devil whooped you yesterday, then who's the best? Does everybody understand it now? Now, brothers and sisters, this is an ongoing thing. Let's go to the let's go to the twentieth chapter of the book of Matthew real briefly. So he took the little child and set him in front of him, right? Say, except you be converted and become as this little child. Everybody see that now? So did that stick? The 20th chapter of the book of Matthew, we're going to start reading at verse 20. Then came to him the mother of Zebedee's children with her sons, worshiping him and desiring a certain thing of him. That's talking about James and John. 
So here come here they come with their mama. Could you imagine? And he said unto her, What will thou? She said unto him, Grant thee that these my two sons may sit, the one on thy right hand and the other on the left, in thy kingdom. But Jesus answered and said, Ye know not what ye ask. Are ye able to drink of the cup that I shall drink of, and to be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They said unto him, We are able. And he said unto them, Ye shall... Ye shall drink indeed of my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it shall be given to them for whom it is prepared of my father. Verse 24. And when the ten heard it, they were moved with indignation against the two brethren. Isn't that something now? Isn't that something? Okay, so Lord, we know we can't we can't come directly to you with the foolishness, but maybe because he done already preached to them about who's the greatest. But if we go get our mama, she'll convince you. Isn't that something now? Two grown men having conversations with their mama about what they want to be. Did they tell her they couldn't cast out the devil yesterday? And the other two, and the other ten are still are still bogged down with it as well because they were moving indignation. How dare y'all? Y'all, who are y'all? Now, if they were above that, if they had taken what the Lord had already spoken to them, they wouldn't have been moved by that at all. But they now they, now they move with indignation. They mad about it. Isn't that some mess? And wonder why we can't cast out devils. We're too busy trying to promote ourselves. Too busy trying to get it on camera. <laughs> Isn't that something? Folks can't do nothing now. You, you can't even buy a person a meal on the street somewhere without taking a selfie with them. And putting it on social media. Well, you have your reward. And you've taken that person's dignity. How would you have liked it? How many of you ever had to call on somebody for help? How would you have liked it if they snapped a picture of you? How would you have liked it if you were three months old and your parents taking pictures of you? See, they can't even wipe themselves. But this is what I do. That's just God living on the inside of me. I can't help. This is a perverse generation. Can't do anything for anybody without everybody knowing about it. <laughs> so, brothers and sisters, you see now where the unbelief was. Didn't we just read in the 12th chapter of the book of John? You're going to have to follow him. And serve him. That was where the unbelief was. They didn't believe in serving. So it, there's no use in trying to concentrate the headache away. 
There's no use in posting all kinds of scriptures up around your house about healing if you don't have a spirit to serve. You short circuit the kingdom of God in your life if you don't have a mind to serve. You have to learn how to serve. Does everybody understand now? So let's go ahead and keep reading. Verse 24, and when, the, and when the ten heard it, they were moved with indignation against the two brethren. But Jesus called them unto him and said, now, everybody understand that, what he's doing now? Let me shut this down. Because it, it's about to, y'all about to get to arguing and about to fight. Ye know that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them, and they that are great exercise authority upon them. But it shall not be so among you. But whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. In other words, I got the branches out and folks are going to lodge under it. So it says, if you want to be great, if you want that kingdom of God, that mustard seed on the inside of you to sprout up and bear what it's supposed to bear, you're going to have to learn how to serve. You have to think the opposite of the, the way that the world thinks. The world thinks by having servants that make them great. Folks go to restaurants now in their hearts. Go to restaurants where there are waiters and waitresses because they love being served. They get to be king for three hours. And then be checking folks's, you know, now nah, you didn't serve. I'm not going to leave you a tip. A as if that's going to ruin their day. Who are you? I'm trying to show you the high mind. I was going to give you three, $3 and send your children to college. But since you wasn't smiling, <laughs> you see the high mind. <laughs> yeah, heaven laugh as well. You are something else. You barely had enough money for that little french fry you got here. I tell you, that pride is the devil. <laughs> we go to just just to judge people. Let me see what kind of service I'm gonna get today. Who who wants this three dollars? <laughs> Let's go real briefly. Let's go to the Let's start at the end. Let's go to the second chapter. Of the uh, I mean, I'm sorry, the 13th chapter of Second Kings. We're gonna start at the end. Then we're gonna we're gonna move forward uh, uh, to the front. The 13th chapter of Second Kings. And we're gonna read at verse 20. Now, again, the kingdom of God, when it, has, it is full grown in your life, that means other people are going to benefit from it. 
it's not for you it's for other people and for it to be for other people that means that you have to have a mindset to serve and i'll tell you why because on the way there to growth again that's the first thing that seed has to do is be buried and die so you have to take on this mindset of the things that i'm going through in this ground where i have been planted is worth it because it's going to benefit other peoples when i've sprouted up but if you always belly aching because of what you are going through you're not going to come out of that ground the way you're supposed to if everything is about you and woe is me and I'm trying to crucify my flesh and you've taken your mind off of what it's supposed to be focused on. In other words, fire the files of the air. In other words, the people of the world are going to be able to benefit from me going through what I'm going through. You're not going to do anybody any good. And then you don't do anybody any good, really, for them to be lodging on your branches. You say, are you glad that I died? Aren't you happy that I, I went through what I I went to yeah. Give me glory. Everybody see that now. So is everybody there? The thirteenth chapter of the book of Second Kings. We're gonna start reading. We're gonna read verse twenty and twenty-one. It says, "And Elisha died." Isn't that something? What did he do? He died, and they did what? What did they do now? Everybody see that seed there? He died. Not only did he die, the Bible says, and they buried him. Now, let's go and keep reading. And the bands of the Moabites invaded the land at the coming end of the year. And it came to pass as they were burying a man that, behold, they spied a band of men and they cast the man into the sepulcher of Elisha. And when the man was let down and touched the bones of Elisha, he revived and stood up on his feet. A dead man raising the dead. I tell you what, I don't know where this man's family is today, but they ought to still be telling that testimony. The bones of Elisha. That's how much the kingdom of God was on the inside of him. His bones, not a prayer. He wasn't praying nowhere. His bones raised a man from the dead. His bones. Just by that man was so anointed, just by another man touching his bones. He was raised from the dead. No prayer. They didn't throw. They didn't know that was his sepulcher. They just they were burying him over here. And another band of, of the military was coming in to fight with them. And they just heard. Let's hurry up and do something with his body. And they just threw him in and lowered him in onto the onto the bones of Elijah, not knowing what they were doing. And his bones. Does anybody understand that now? Elisha didn't pray any prayer. Those people didn't pray any prayer. You know what that means? Folks ought not to even have to tell you they have a headache. They just greeting you. Let me shake your hand. Let me give you a hug, brother or sister. 
and your flesh ought to be able to heal them. Just ain't don't you? They don't even remember they have a headache. Not even thinking about. It, not even thinking to ask for prayer about it. Just them touching you. If the kingdom of God was in there, does everybody understand that now? So let's see how these bones, how in the world. So everybody see the, the mustard seed there? It's just sprouted up even as a dead man. It's, it, it was sprouted up. The branches are still extended to shadow others. In other words, to be a blessing to others. Let's see how this happened now. Let's go to the 19th chapter of the book of 1 Kings. Let's go look at his, where, where did Elisha, where did his ministry start? Did it start with him raising the dead? Did it start with him making an axe head float? Did it start with him laying on top of the widow woman's, on, on top of the, the, uh, the Shulamite's son and, and, re- and raising him from the dead? No. Let's see where it started at. 19 chapter of 1 Kings. We're going to start reading at verse 15. It says, And the Lord said unto him, talking about Elijah, Go, return on thy way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when thou comest, anoint Hazel to be king over Syria. And Jehu, the son of Nimshi, shall thou anoint to be king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat, of Abel-Mahila, shall thou anoint to be the Prophet in thy room, in other words, in thy stead. And it shall come to pass that him that escapeth the sword of Hazel shall Jehu slay, and him that escapeth from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha slay. Yet I have left me seven thousand in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which hath not kissed him. So he departed thence and found Elisha, the son of Shepheth who was plowing with 12 yoke of oxen before him. Everybody see that? And he with the 12th. And Elijah passed by him and cast his mantle upon him. Everybody see? So Elijah knows who Elijah is. Maybe not personally, but he understands who the man of God was. And he also understood what that symbolized. Elijah didn't go have a conversation with him. Elijah just passed, just overtook him, passed by him, took his mantle off of his back and threw it on him and kept walking. Look at what it says, verse 20. And he left the oxen and ran after Elijah. Why do you have to run it? Because Elijah was going on about his business. And said, let me, I pray thee, kiss my father and my mother, mother, and then will I follow thee. Everybody see that now? Isn't that something now? Let me do what? Kiss my father and my mother. Does everybody understand what they're saying there? You're not getting anywhere in the kingdom of God with your ragged attitudes towards your parents. You're not getting anywhere in the kingdom of God with that. Does everybody understand that now? I don't care where they are in life. You better learn how to honor them. 
You better learn how to honor them. That's a grown man. Let me go kiss my father and my mother. Let me go say goodbye to them. Does everybody understand that now? So let me, let me, let me, I pray thee, kiss my father and my mother, and then I will follow you. Does everybody see how that goes together? People with issues with their parents, they ain't going to follow nobody. Nobody. You can't honor your father and mother. I don't expect you to honor me nowhere. Nowhere. Does everybody understand it? And I ain't talking about one. I'm talking about both. They ain't got to be in agreement with what you believe. But you can still honor them. You're not going to go anywhere with God when you refuse the people who God let you be born through. You can forget about it. You're going to have to honor your parents. Does everybody understand that? So that's first and foremost. Folks want to go out and establish all these other relationships and can't honor the folks that brought them into this world. And just disrespect them all over the place. Does everybody see now? Of course you're not going to be a, you can't be a servant. Let's go and keep reading. He says, and then I will follow thee. Does everybody understand that now? In other words, he, he's making it clear. I wouldn't be able to follow you, Elijah, if I didn't hold my own parents in high regard. And he said unto him, go back again, for what have I done to thee? Go on about your business. Does everybody see that now? Now, <laughs> does it look like Elijah's on purpose trying to be careless? He, he just walked up to the man, didn't say nothing to him. Elisha's out there plowing with the oxen, got the yoke of oxen in his hand, plowing, plowing, and here come a man just from behind him, throwing his mantle on him and just walking off to the point where he, oh, wait a minute, this is a mantle. Oh, that's the prophet Elijah. Let me run up and catch up to him. Elijah was going on about his business. And then when he catch up with him, he asked him, hey, do you mind if I go and say goodbye to my parents real quick? Let me greet them so I don't. Does everybody see that? Also, brothers and sisters, he, he said, let me, let me, I pray thee, kiss my father and mother. In other words, let me go tell my authority what I'm about to do, how my life is about to change. There was a grown man still answering to somebody. That's the reason why he was picked above the 7,000. Grown and still accountable. See, this customer service just don't start when God have elevated you to the top somewhere. It's in you to be honorable. You ain't not making moves without being accountable to people. Does everybody understand that now? And I'm telling you, and nothing more hurt the body of Christ and people on the inside of it than grown folks that's not accountable to anybody. I'm going to do what I want to do. God told me. He, he could have took that attitude. The prophet of God just came and threw his mantle on. I'm about to go with him. No, let me go greet them first. Not, I'm going to write you a letter when I get to where he's going. 
I'm telling you, God has a protocol. Does everybody understand that now? It's getting kind of quiet in here. Your grownness is what's got you a baby. God's got a protocol. A grown man had to go tell his parents what he was about to do. <laughs> and he knew that that was a calling from God. God have told his man to put his mantle on me. I'm going to be able to profit in his stead. He understood exactly what that meant. But let me go, let me go talk to my parents about it. Let me go. Does everybody understand that now? And what did Elijah say? Go on. You know, what, go back again. What, what have I to do with you? What, what is this to you? In other words, that, that don't matter to me. Now, brothers and sisters, it ain't hard a person that come to this ministry who the devil don't try to play this very same thing with. If Elisha was all in his feelings like some folks are, he said, well, you know, I ain't got that. Well, if you act like you don't care, then what's, what's the use of me following after you? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but I know for a fact the devil has played that on the minds of people sitting here today. Pastor Boulder don't care about you. Or maybe God is making it look that way so you can grow up. He chased after Elijah. All Elijah did was pass by and threw his mantle on him and kept on walking. And then when he caught up with him, Elijah told him, what that's got to do with me gone? That don't matter to me. So he didn't get discouraged because he felt like he was being put off. He didn't have mama and daddy issues. He wasn't dealing with the spirit of rejection and taking it out on everybody else. He got in what he fit in. Does everybody understand now? Look what he says. Go back again. For what have I done to thee? Let's go and keep reading. And he returned back from him and took a yoke of oxen and slew them and bore their flesh with the instruments of the oxen and did what? Fed his face. He served the people. He cooked with his own yoke of oxen and his own oxen. He, he took something that belonged to him, cooked it, used the instruments of oxen, in other words, the wood that he was plowing with, to cook them with, and then gave to the people. Had a mind to serve. It wasn't, a, well, you know what God done promoted me. I'm a prophet now. And I'm a and I'm second in command to the greatest prophet that's gonna ever walk this earth. So who's gonna serve me? You know what? Promotion from God looks like demotion to the world. He was had a mantle from God's prophet of that day, the one that God had raised up for that day, had his mantle, wasn't out swinging it around. I'm going to serve people. Let's go ahead and keep reading now. Gave unto the people and they did eat. Then he arose, went after Elijah and did what? 
What did he do? So you see where his ministry started? It didn't start with dead bones raising folks from the dead. It started with service, a grain of mustard seed. It don't look like that big of a deal until folks can touch your body and, and be healed. And he wasn't doing that thing, and I'm going to be some great somebody. Well, none of that, that was just on the inside of him. He wasn't trying to do that for the purpose of being able to do this. That's just who he was. He was just a servant at heart to begin with. Does everybody understand that now? In the third chapter of the book of 2 Kings, it goes on to tell us when he is called upon and people are talking about him, said this is the man, he, was, he poured water on the hands of Elijah. That was his ministry to Elijah. Let me, let me get some water for you, uh, prophet. Let me wash your hands before you eat. That was his ministry. And I guarantee you he wasn't talking to Elijah about, well, how can you, how did you do that? How did you raise the dead? How did you do this? You, you know what we have in church today? A bunch of backup singers. Does everybody understand what I'm saying? You take somebody like Whitney Houston who, when she was alive. She had backup singers behind her. You know what all of them was thinking? I can't wait till I'm up front like what she is. Back there doo-wopping and everything, hoping to be in her place. And preachers will go and join churches waiting to preach. Not to serve, waiting to preach. All they want is somebody else's spot. Don't care how they got there. I just, I, they think some kind of way, it's some glory, we're standing here. No, you're just getting a bunch of arrows shot at you. You're just going to be the most talked about. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? The glory comes from God. People ain't worshiping preachers. Not God's preachers. <laughs> Does everybody understand now? So we live in a world where folks don't care about anybody. The only reason why they want to get close is just for the anointing. Not for nothing else. I don't want to learn how to serve. I'm just getting close because I want to be where you are one day. And I'm telling you that's still a wrong motive. And you still got a headache. So let's go to the homes now. Women pat themselves on the back for being a good mother. That's like me patting myself on the back for being a good human. See, I'm full human. I'm not, I'm not half lion, half man anymore. You brought children into the world, you're supposed to take care of them. Men, you brought children into the world, you're supposed to feed them and, and look after them in that manner. You don't, you don't get a pat on the back for serving. That's, you're supposed to be that way. You're supposed to be that way. Anything outside of that is what's crazy. You don't get to come out of crazy land and get a reward for being normal. 
Does everybody understand it now? I don't care how awkward the devil and how crazy he done made everything look. You know, as I've said before, uh, they handing out participation trophies. That's two inches shorter than the people that won. <laughs> Does everybody understand now? You're supposed to, you shouldn't have to get, give your life to the Lord to become a, a servant, to know how to serve. So before Elisha was called, he was working service. He was a servant. And God forbid when people come to, come to the Lord and give their life to the Lord, they still struggling with it. Still don't want to live a life of sacrifice. If I got to count the number of things I do for people, I ain't doing nothing for people. I'm doing it for me. Does everybody understand that now? Service is who we are. We're supposed to be servants. We're supposed to be a blessing. And the reason why some of our walks in the Lord have been stagnated is because we're not servants at heart. We only give, and we're so scared of being used that in our minds, I'll give when I know people really care about me and when I take into account what you've done for me. That's what I do for you. I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, social media is full of another gospel. Look after you. Take care of you. I spent this year looking after others. Next year is my time. Even the, the gospel that's being preached in a lot of churches is another gospel. It's a me gospel. Jesus Christ didn't come to this earth to be worshipped. He took upon himself no reputation. He could have been out there doing all kind of tricks and had all kind of people just wandering and falling down at his feet. Even when they wanted to take him to be king, he refused. They, it was people in his day tried to take him and make him king immediately. He said, no, I'm not, I'm not here for that. Because here's the problem. What if he went along with it? They were purposely taking him, picking him up and taking him to try to make him, make him king, to sit in, in his rightful place as the son of David. He really was the son of David. It rightfully so. He should have been on the throne of Israel. But you know what? That would have been a long drop from a throne in this world to the cross. He'd have had to really do some praying if he had allowed people to worship him and make him king. And now you see what part of our problem is. We allow people to tell us who we were, how great we are, and then wonder why we have a problem with serving. Quit letting people do that to you. That ain't nothing but a setup from the devil. Now I'm telling you, it don't take long for heads to get big. Does everybody understand that now? You're not the, I'm going to tell you this. Do y'all remember uh, on the show, I think it was on the, the last show uh, for Ask the Pastor. There was a preacher sitting down for me. And uh, 
his last answer, he was saying, uh, you know, you know, uh, uh, something. I can't remember what the question was, but basically his answer was, you know, I know I'm not much of a preacher. I'll, I'll grow into, you know, I know I'm not a preacher. I'll grow into that. I'll tell you what, my heart went out to him. That's the way we all better be. Some of you, you go back and look at the good, go back and look at the last video. That's one that could be elevated. That's one that God can take and use. When you realize you're nothing, God can make you something. I had a lot of respect for that answer. I know I'm not much of a preacher. I know I'm not a preacher. One day I'm going to be, one day, that's what God can use. William Branham spent his old ministry saying that I, I'm not a preacher. I'm not much of a preacher. I just, you know. But look at what happened in his life. When you just serving, does everybody understand that? Everybody want to know what my calling is. What is God calling me to do to serve? And it don't have to have a name. <laughs> you call to serve. And whatever, whatever it is. Does everybody understand now? <laughs> Think about it. Why do folks want that? Why do folks want titles? Why do folks want to know what they call to do? Whatever it is, if, if God is calling you to do it, it's service. And I'm telling you, uh, the devil will wear you out and let you know, yeah, you're still serving. Does everybody understand that now? My prayers, brothers and sisters, we will become servant-minded. Let's get out of this idea. This is, this is not social media that we're living. This is not play world. Does everybody understand? This is not one of those reality TV shows. Where all attention and all eyes are on us. We have to get out of this movie star mindset. Unfortunately, this foolishness even go on in church today. Get out of that mindset. And listen, look at what the Bible, look at what the Lord said. He that will be great. These people, we're not supposed to be looking to be great. We're just serving. We're not supposed to care about a reputation, what people think about us. We're just serving. I, whatever you want to label it, I don't care. I don't even care if you see it. There have been times I've, I've seen, uh, uh, the, 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 what's the place where you, you donate? Like folks got a, something wrong. Maybe they got hospital bills or something, and people can go on this website and donate. What is it now? Yeah, go find me. There have been times, you, you, you know, you, we'll give to that. We don't put our name on it. Don't know you personally. Ain't no use of me having my name up there. Folks give to churches today and, and then want a, a, a piece of paper so that they can put on their tax return how much they've given. To get a listen, bro, and I, you know, I'm just say this. If <laughs> you giving to tell Uncle Sam so you can get a tax break, you ain't giving. You have your tax break as your reward. And most of us ain't giving enough for it to count to two pennies anyway. So 
So that that's the reason why we don't do that. We don't we don't give out what's the names. You know, you got a problem with that? That well, but we don't give that out. The 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 Lord is your tax break. He's your portion. <laughs> Does everybody understand that? Oh, we don't. <laughs> that just. I remember I, I visited a church one time, and, and gave. I wrote a check. And they and at the end of the year, I got a, a thing in the mail. I visited them one time. They got my address off the check. Like that? Are y'all crazy? Is this what y'all do? So the whole system is set up for people to be worshipped and to get accolades for the little bit they decide to do. But as believers, we're not supposed to be that way. Let's learn to serve. Let's listen. That's the name of this message. Faith to serve. Let's learn to serve, brothers and sisters. And y'all do know it takes faith to be that way. Elisha didn't run after Elijah because he thought he was going to be somebody great. I tell you what, I wish I was living back then. I'd have been glad. I'd have been able. I'd have been glad to just wash his feet. I let me. I mean, I wash your feet. And I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, you ought to have somebody in your heart that you look at that way. Does everybody understand that now? Yeah. Anybody want to guess who this belonged to? Brother Junior. I'm just grateful to have a rag he blew snot in. Does everybody understand that now? I, I've seen him blow. So that's why I'm saying I know that's what he was doing. <laughs> I can't touch his body now, but just to touch something that he once touched. We ought to have somebody like that in our minds. We ought to be able to honor people, somebody like that. Does everybody understand that now? Because if you're on the same level as everybody else, you ain't serving nobody. You can't serve when you, on, when you think you're on the same level as everybody else. I don't, I don't think I'm on the same level as this, as the man who this belonged to. Does everybody understand that now? I was just grateful to be in his presence. Oh, you going to let me sit down on your couch? Okay. So the question is, do we want to stay a mustard seed above ground and just serve ourselves, Or do we want the Lord to grow us and that kingdom of God to grow on the inside of us and benefit other people? If we want to benefit other people, if we want the Lord to bring us to the place, you know, where we got branches and they're stretched out and, and other people are being blessed, we're going to have to learn to serve. We're going to have to get rid of this mindset of positions and who we think we are in God and all of that. We're going to have to have a mind to serve. Everybody understand now? All right, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the message that you spoke to us today. Lord, we pray that these things that we've heard, that they will not fall 
on hard hearts, Lord. Help us to receive what we've heard. Bring these things to our remembrance, Lord. Give us a heart to serve. Help us to have a mind, Lord, to serve others. Help us, Lord, to crucify our flesh and not promote ourselves. But, Lord, help us to speak highly of others. Help us to think more of others than ourselves, Lord. Help us to put others before ourselves. Help us, Lord, not to look for accolades and a pat on the back. Help us, Lord, to depend on you, Lord, and have faith to serve, knowing that our reward is in you. And whatever way, Lord, you want to bless us, in whatever way you want to honor us, Lord, we accept it. Forgive us for those times, Lord, we sought vain glory. Forgive us for those times, Lord, we've sought for others to speak highly of us and to worship us, and we've went after the things of this world for that purpose. Help us to be meek and lowly like you are, God, so that we can be followers of you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. All right, brothers and sisters, we appreciate you all coming. If the Lord willing, uh, Truth Academy will be dismissed. Now we'll go back uh, and discuss the things that we've heard today. All right, if that's all now, y'all dismissed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ.